Hello and welcome to the Tacona Talks podcast, where every two weeks I sit down with interesting people from within the automotive world and have a casual chat, really. Uh, This episode is with both Johnny Smith and Richard Porter, also known as Smith & Sniff, from their own podcast. Uh, We sat down ahead of their On That Live of Things show at Bista Heritage, where they did uh, an on-stage live episode of their podcast in front of about 400 people. And before that, we sat down to have a chat, just quite casually, the three of us just chin-wagging, getting to know their stories a little bit better, going through how they started, and generally just sharing some of the weird and wonderful things that have happened to them along their journeys through being car journalists, really. So thank you so much for clicking on this and having a listen. Enjoy the podcast. So what I do is quite casual anyway. Yeah, I notice you just kind of hit record and then yeah, I'm like, like, right, we'll hit record. Off we're, running, we're, we're running, we're off. So Look, there's normally I'm midway through an actual like chat. I'm like, we should probably just record this. That'll be as about as interesting as it gets anyway. So we might as well just hit get going. Um, so I think we've just done that now, haven't we? We're going. So no, we, no, we're not midway through anything interesting in the moment. <laughs> we could very. Much you should just press press start <laughs> then. Yeah, yeah. Start there. yeah. And then rewind. No, that's fine. Um, so. For those that have listened, they'll know the structure and they know that the one question I ask is, who are you and what do you do? The only difference this time is there's two people, so we're going to have to take it in turns. Who, who are you and, and what, what do you do? <laughs> and the second question's <laughs> not a great deal. Um, I'm, I'm Johnny Smith. I'm a motor journalist, come presenter, car-based, and... Um, I'm 44 years old, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm balding, and I've got a beard. Is that what you do? Yeah, that, what do you do? I'm, I'm balding. I'm wondering what I do. Well, I, I, guess, job, isn't it? I guess it's fact that I do bold. Um, but, uh, and what do I, uh, yeah, what do I do? Yeah, I suppose I drive cars, review them, make videos, and we do a podcast. Hence, the Smith & Sniff that's why I'm sat with you. Yeah. Yeah, so we've got Johnny We were Smith friends as well, don't get me wrong. Yeah, we, we would associate with one another. If Before we turn the microphone on, these two wouldn't be in the same room. No, we, we, we have separate rooms, like um, members of Pink Floyd. Uh, I'm Richard Porter. I'm a writer and a podcaster now, apparently. Um, and a general sort of just absolute tart for anything that was <laughs> keep me busy so I do uh, TV script editing and writing and I write for Evo magazine and the Road Rats and the Sunday Times and that's a lot you don't need yeah. to so it's just I think yeah I'm the Minister for Education in Chile <laughs> as well yeah we had a like a an ID check flag we've applied for a mortgage recently mm. against my name because apparently I'm my name is far too similar to the former Welsh uh, Minister for Education. His name is... <laughs> and the people always fraudulently yeah. try to get money. And the thing is, because he's politically connected, oh. they have to do this, like, we're just checking you're not related to him, and it's a way around doing it. I was like, how could we possibly think... A, I've got no Welsh connections at all in my, like, lineage. And B, his name is Gregory Lewis. The only connecting factor is his surname is the same as my first name. So, I mean, everybody in the country called Lewis That's has this check pop up yeah. every time they apply for a credit card or a mortgage or something. Well, they mentioned the Isle of Lewis. Yeah. Where do you live? Well, there's... The you town of the TV series Lewis. Oh, God, so you look at the police at your door. You're trying to fraud, you'll get mortgages for the floor is the case of Secretary of Wales. <laughs> well, there's a town in East Sussex called Lewis, but it's yes. L-E-W-E-S. Yes. Yeah. But there's a road in that town called Warren Road. Oh. And I really wanted to move there so that my postal address would be Lewis Warren Warren Road Lewis. And that's the only reason. It was a really nice little street with some really nice houses. But that's oh. the only reason I wanted no, to move I, there. You could be more ambitious than that. I mean, no, no disrespect to your partner who I've met and it's delightful. But if you found somebody whose surname was Road and you did that modern thing where you go double barreled when you're married, you know, find like Louise Road or something, then you, you could be Lewis Road Warren, Warren Road Lewis. It's almost like a palindrome. palindrome. Oh my it's gosh. Just a dress. Um, That's brilliant. My other half does want to do that modern thing of double barreling as well. Just That's, do it. She has way more like right to it as well because she's a doctor. So all of her research and everything is in her name. Oh, okay. Whereas I've just bumbled around drawing things and writing bits here and there. So I've not actually got like 
researched by doctor so and so just do it you'll take some of her providence it'd probably do me a favour well, yeah, she's yeah, losing yeah. out in this deal if anything well hang on what's her surname Trundle ooh yeah. Trundle so we'd be like the Trundle Warrens it almost it's sounds the Warren cool. Trundles Warren yeah. Trundle sounds like some kind of American billionaire I'm we'll do that then yeah, Warren Buffett yeah. Warren, Warren Trundle Trundle Warren Warren Trundle could you what about just like splitting that. so you could be like the we'd almost be Wordle <laughs> And every time we meet someone, we have to give them five quid. <laughs> <to our hands. laughs> yeah, don't get it, that's it, you're out. Yeah, so, you know get what? out of the party. I missed the whole Wordle explosion. I didn't get so it. I didn't understand what it was. It's the equivalent of loom bands to me. By the time I understood what it was, it was gone. It's gone. But I think it's still going. Oh, is it? This is why I didn't get into it, because I love words. But I thought, if I do this, I'll just be... I know English English it'll take a few minutes, doesn't it? I do card... Do you do cardle? No, that sounds like a similar cardle. thing, but for cars. No, I don't. It's just a, the, every morning. Uh, a little cropped face. Matt looks on your yes. <laughs> yeah. My my career wasn't as successful in music as I was hoping. Can, can, can you help? Not today, Matt. <laughs> if you can help. Yeah, like a like a 365-day carol singer. I've forgotten about Matt Carl. <laughs> it's Matt Carl. So you've not been like paying attention Carl. to the, the app then, have you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's a zoomed-in photo of a car or a small yeah. section you have to get. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't there a TV show at one point where that was... Richard Hammond was on it for an episode and they did that as one of the feature uh, bits. Okay. And it was like a really zoomed in bit of a 2CV. Yeah. You know, have a buzzed in first with the answer, one of the points, whatever. And it was like, it was zoomed in by about 500% on like <laughs> yeah. a headlamp. Yeah. And within half a second, Richard Hammond was like, well, oh, that's 2CV. And it still was just like the glass bit of the headlamp. And he's like, you know, he, yeah, he was really quick at it. Yeah. I was about to say, but he didn't get it. No, he was really quick, but I can't remember what the show was to try and find this to validate. I know we did it. I think we did it for a guest on Top Gear and I can't remember who it was. Someone who was not even Steve Coogan, right? Someone who kind of went, He's really Oh, I'm a car nerd, I could do this, and I think it was pretty good at it. We did it as a round. I did this freaking awful panel show called Was it called Petrol Heads about 20 years ago, right? Matt Hammond was a team captain. It could be this show that I'm talking about. Maybe. It was a, it was a round that was a one series only. Yes. It was described. <laughs> like, not long. that I hang on to this. I mean, I kind of do hang on to it because I was quite proud in a way because I wasn't particularly happy with the way the show turned out. And then it was reviewed by The Guardian and they said, this is the worst show on TV at the moment, possibly ever. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. It do was. Do framed anywhere? Why was it? I do. No, I still got the cutting because weirdly, when I, when I cleared my desk at Top Gear, when I was 2015, I found the cutting in my sort of in-tray that I kept it. And so I have now got it in a box of shit at home so oh, because yeah. it's worth keeping. I'd have that on frame on the wall. Yeah. Was it really that bad? It was pretty bad. Was one of the rounds guessed the car from a zoomed-in image? Yeah. I can't remember if that was every week or we just did. So there you go. One person watched it and he sat here now. Exactly. And can recount sure that thing. something else. But it, it was Richard Hammond recounting a, a zoomed-in car like, as quickly as... Well, maybe it was. It was... I mean, was this about 2005, I think? Probably that show? I'll have been eight... Oh, that, that was long. No, no, sorry, when the other way, 12. Well, that's it. Because <laughs> I was of working age. <laughs> yeah, you produced it. Well, it, was that, like, yeah, it, was, it was quite good fun to make, but it was just wasn't, it didn't turn out very well, as is the, the way with television. You just, there's too many variables and they all went. The I've been direction. responsible for several of those, so don't worry. You're not well, you two are both from telly, and I have no experience with telly, so why don't we have a look into how that whole situation has come about? Well, his telly's been far more successful than my <laughs> telly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, obviously, the, the, there's. So we, I because yours was a like a not a direct. I went to uni to make tally. It was a little bit less. Uh, if no, I'm I did. Right. I did journalism at university, but with a TV and film right part. So of I've it. completely got that the wrong way around. Well, no, because that's the thing. It didn't lead me to getting that job. I think I could have had a degree in marine biology and still got the job that I got in tally. Because this is the thing, like a lot of media, it's it's a lot about right place, right time. Mm bit of luck persistence um, persistence well I, yes I suppose those things I worked in a shop for a year and a half I trying to get out my dream job I worked at a branch of next and you know if you if you can read the, the codes on the labels and file things in the right order in the stock room which I did I ran a tight stock room they, they march you down with some ocean yeah. and the, oh, I had this, this fabulous woman called Julie and she was rarely mank and Juliet used to go you're all right, Richard. Do you, you could work at head office. And I was like, I don't want to. And she was, she was like, why not? 
<laughs> so because I want to like work on the magazine or something or on a TV show, she's like, oh, okay, okay, so you could work at your regional office. You could work at regional office in Manchester. And then, it, you know, if you don't fuck it up, you could go and work in Leicester. You could be the best stock manager in the company. Well, I could also do that. I, I once got... <laughs> <laughs> so pride is a strange thing, isn't it? Because you can be proud of lots of things. And I, I before I sort of was able to go, oh, there's my name on the telly show. I was very proud that they identified me as running a tight stock room. And I got parachuted into the Ashton and the Lime branch for a day to go and sort out their stock room. <laughs> Didn't you? have yeah. never told me. That was a real troubleshooter. Yeah. Richard Short pours a stock room troubleshooter. He arrived by parachute. Was literally oh, parachuted into the next <laughs> helicopter. That's amazing. It was, and at the time I was like, I made it. Places in this organisation, from being sort of resistant to, um, you know, getting promoted because it's like, if I get promoted, I'm sucked into the system. Yeah. If I remain a sort of by the hour shop monkey and stockroom monkey, then I could just bail at a moment's notice to go and. You were a commitment phobe. Yeah. Probably. I'm in that camp. A next yeah. co- commitment. Well, <laughs> <laughs> look, I could be now, I could be. I don't know. Oh, head you of could be. Yeah. I've been ahead of Chenille Jumper social media. Well, you talked about the Chenille jumpers. How much Chenille was being sold in Next in the late 90s? Because I bought. When, when you were like what four. Uh, uh, because I'm a child in this scenario, what Chenille? Oh my God. Very, very soft to the touch of the Right, okay. it's, it's got to come back. Well, actually, they make plush to- kids' toys out of Chenille still, I think. Right. Is that yeah. where like juicy. With those horrible, like velvety oh, style. That's velour. Oh, that's velour. Yeah. So that's British Leyland posh interiors. Chenille, though, like as in Nissan Bluebird had velour. I mean, my grandparents had one until about ten years ago. <laughs> really? Yeah. Blue velour. Oh, it looks like, almost yes. looks like flocking. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that was the. It like my brother used to scratch it because he's a real sensory thing for him. Yeah. And it used to go through. I could feel it in my teeth. <laughs> like it was the most horrible. Because you know when you see someone scratching a surface that you know feels horrible, yeah. and then you like involuntarily you feel it as well. Oh, because you can go sort of down through the fibres to the backing, can't you? and then it's all hard, yeah, but you've yeah. still got the. Oh, it was horrible, and he used to do it on the the headlining of my mum's Fiesta because that was hard and scratchy, but well, somehow like material. Enormous elastoplast in there, like kind of almost medical looking. <laughs> they do no, well, like, they sort of beiged out so they did the, yeah, yeah. Um, so this material is not that then it's sure, no, it's, it's lovely I, mean, I can, oh, right, okay. I can turn my phone on and look up what my dictionary definition of chenille is. I'm not even sure how you spell it now. it is C-H-E-N-I-L-L-E double L yes right okay a type of yarn or fabric Wait, this is the definition on Wikipedia. Chenille is a type of yarn or the fabric made from it. It's the French word for caterpillar. What? Seriously? Whose fur the yarn is supposed to resemble. Well, let me tell them. Oh. I tell you what, Chenille, it should also say there, as an, as an additional, it should say, late 90s, end of era Britpop phenomenon. Uh, <laughs> yes. When people regularly went to pubs because they were affordable. Yes. And binge drunk. <laughs> <laughs> As is the British way. And, and, and many, many young men were probably wearing chenille. Between 95, 98. Yeah. I would get the impression that that kind of material was very scent absorbent, though. So oh, this is yes. so back when pubs were smoking venues oh, as well. Horrendous. Like, that must have been the worst combination. But it's easy oh, to yeah. forget how the whole world stank of fags back then. Yeah. Because you, I don't think you were aware of how much you smelt of cigarettes because everything smells of cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. Now, it did, it did. If someone's been smoking, you could smell it for 20 paces, I think. Oh, absolutely. Back yeah. then, particularly pubs. Because you remember when the smoking ban came in, that a lot of pubs had to change their carpet and their soft furnishings because you know, sort of it's like, everything stinks of farce and spilled beer <laughs> and that underlying just residual smoke, but there's not new smoke to cover it up. Yeah, so, that's true. And if you were a child, you were just underneath the smoke layer. Yeah. So you kind of got through unscathed to the beer garden where the parents just like left you for an afternoon. Yeah. It's the safe haven yeah. the beer garden. I spent many an afternoon in a beer garden as a child, not realising that the rest of the world existed or what smoke was or anything like that. And it wasn't until I was a teenager and it all got banned and everyone was really upset about it. It was like, what are you on about? Did your parents smoke? No. None of my family had smoked. My dad started smoking at like 40. Really? Yeah, because really? he's 
I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of what my, who my dad is like. But yeah, someone was like, it's really good for stress. He's like, oh, I'm really stressed, so I'll smoke. <laughs> they left out the other bits. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything bad about it? Uh, no. <laughs> you a year later and every morning he wakes up by coughing himself awake. He's like, what could be causing this? Yeah, the stress is gone. Be, <laughs> unbelievable. These stress sticks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to go to the pharmacist and ask more about these stress sticks. Um... Yes, let's make me one cigarette now. I so chenille. That, that's the thing. There's the, the certain trigger points for smokers, and one of my things is always just to watch sitting in a beer garden on the hot day and just going. I'm in a cigarette. Is another one going on holiday? I've heard that. One. Hot weather. Hot weather. Yes, the smell of secondhand smoke or hot air, which may be related to holiday. I can't go like a bloodhound. Just I can smell. That. I know a few people that will like they won't smoke and then we'll go on holiday and they're like gotta have one. Oh, yeah. I had this on when we went to Le Mans like one of my best mates partner he was like just this holiday I gotta have one I was like I didn't realise there was such a big difference by us travelling 20 miles out of the country yeah. all of a sudden need a cigarette. I think in truth there's a bit of that what goes on to what stays on to yeah. mentality where people just go these naughty things I shouldn't do at home I can get away with it. It's alright they're not bad for you. I think like so my, I, 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 they don't clothes. I could do that with maybe a sort of um like a wine shirt, a wood, sandals, uh, and yeah, <laughs> some wooden beads, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People do do that. Gap year beads. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, the holiday jolly is beaded up. Yeah, maybe. And I've noticed latterly Clarkson has gone a little down the sort oh, of gap yeah. year beads. Has he? I've seen the bracelets. Right. Yeah. I told you about this before, though. I certainly told Johnny about this on our podcast that um, when Jeremy's doing voiceover, he often waves his hands around quite a lot because it helps him just to you know, get, get the energy. delivery and the energy, exactly. And we've had to, in the past, uh, the, the engineers had to ask him to stop. Or take the beads out with the beads. Or take the so beads. The beads. And there's so many of them. Yeah, just like a simpling film. <laughs> so in all of those fours of voiceover bits where he's like, this is the McLaren SLR. In the background, there's a... Yeah, you've got Mariachi back there. It's actually an engineer holding his wrist really tight. If he sounds a bit restrained, that's why. He sits on his hand. Right. That's how he does it. He sits on the bead hand. Jeremy Clark's a bead on his beads. Sits on your bead hand, Jeremy. He's got to involuntarily shaking his hand in the beads. Fair enough. But yeah, there's a lot of beads, and I don't know. Yeah, it sort of happened. Was, were they a gift from his other half or his kids or something like that and he's now symbolically got to keep them on yeah, yeah I suspect that might be it predates Clarkson's farm the beads I think just mm-hmm. about oh yeah God, so he was yeah. beady before he was a farmer <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is I mean when you're around a lot of heavy machinery oh awful idea. beads are quite high risk I think I reckon the, the band that the beads are on is not very strong so if they got caught in machinery they'd just shat and then you've just got beads all over the place <laughs> yeah the beads go into the machine and it's breaking your back hanging around everywhere sacrificial yeah. beads they then become ball bearings and that's a different oh, problem shit. to have isn't it I'm on these machines what well, I can't really call but you know it's a, it sort of gathers up the grass and then fires it out <laughs> yeah. forage harvester type thing that's what they are oh they're amazing there's a video that someone's dubbed it's like someone and then the thing is just is the funniest like little sound bite to accompany one of those hay bales being launched into the sky because they they aligned it up with the fart sound really perfectly. <laughs> but it's like someone speed. It's almost like Speedy Gonzalez talking and then a fart noise and this hay bale just appears into the sky. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, it's time to last call. That was really. <laughs> uh, what we talked about. Oh yeah. So cool. how did you get into telly? Jolson. We, we haven't actually got to how you got into Telly. Oh, you mean, oh yeah. Right. As far as the bloody shop. Let's direct it back to you. Because this is an obvious linear line that we were uh, following. I, yeah, so I did do journalism at a university uh, for all the help it gave me. And then I couldn't get a job that I wanted. So I went and just worked in a shop for a year and a half or so. And then um, I saw them advertising they wanted researchers for Top Gear back when it was a half hour magazine show on a Thursday night. Um, John Bentley, who people might not forget. Former guest of this podcast. Ah, well. And we recorded in his car. Ah. And yeah, a sweet, sweet, a sweet, sweet guy. A sweet, sweet guy, yes. So, I know John a lot because um, he he decided he just wanted fresh blood on the team, so he popped up during the show and went, we're looking for researchers, which is broke all some BBC rules about crew, but it's by the by. Uh, and I, I saw that, then he had sent in three ideas and your CV. And, um, and then I got an interview. Um, fantastic it, it took a long time because of course they didn't realise that if they advertised it on the telly Tokyo was yeah, popular at that point in its former iteration and they got 
I can't remember, two, three thousand patients. And they sort of, oh no. Quite bad. So they, um, they had to process all of them. I think somebody told me recently that John insisted on reading each one personally. Oh, that's incredibly hard work. Yeah. And so uh, it took a while. And then um, I got an interview and I was wearing the same tie as John. And I think that probably got me the job. So you were wearing the same tie well, as John? Well, there's things I in there. I went and bought a shiny tie, as was the style at the time. Mine was from Next, I know that. This was John Deere. It was from the yeah. factory shop, wasn't <laughs> it? Um, and yeah, I got the job as a junior researcher on, on Old Top Gear. And that's how I got to telly. But I had no experience prior to that. The other people who, who they took on four of us. Um, one of them was a guy called James Woodruff, who was Johnny knows. He was um, the producer of Fifth Gear, but said, yeah. James was to the university. Right. He forgot to tell them that. They offered him a job and he went, oh, I've got a year of uni left. I'm not going to get to exams. <laughs> uni's only just up the road from where Pebble Mill was, the BBC based. All right. At okay. that point. So James used to come into the office between lectures <laughs> and do a bit of work and then go back and study. Amazing. And, uh, and then when he graduated, I mean, full-time job. Yeah, full-time job. It's a pretty amazing situation to be in. But yeah. Good way to start, isn't it? And then uh, a guy called John Lakey, who was, uh, had been a professional photographer and then had been doing, I can't he did when he, he got a job. And uh, Alex Riley, who people might know off the um, classic car show. Right. He was working in local government funding relating to the EU and grants given to areas. And he was up in Sheffield, where he's from, doing local government stuff. <laughs> so none of us had his eye just applied for this job. Yeah, well, because he was, you know, total carner. Yeah. And he gave up, probably of all of us, he gave up the most because he had like a proper grown up job with, I think, a company car. Wow. I bet, yeah. a, I bet he had a half decent, you know, medical care plan and all yeah, yeah. I bet that company car had like trim level above base model as well. Oh, yeah. No, he yeah. was definitely L or GL at that point, I think, <laughs> to ask him. And he had to give back the company car when he's a big, <clears throat> still is a big sort of British car BL enthusiast. And yeah. he went and bought, I remember this, he went and bought a second hand Rover 214. <laughs> because you want to see that fly the flag. Keep it in that country. And um, to work. Yeah, well, just in case. I think but maybe before he realised that we got hired cars if we need to go. <laughs> <laughs> never did anything. I remember one of the first things. Alex is hilarious. He's still a mate of mine. And, and he's, you know, you know if you've seen all the time. He's, he's the big gladly Yorkshireman. Yeah. And um, he always could be Ricky Pete. And um, I was in the car with him, not long after we were together. I didn't know him that well at this point. And he went, and we were merging onto a motorway. And he went, at that point, he didn't call me Ricky Pete because we weren't really mates. And he just went, uh, I noticed this, Richard, you don't really check your blind spot very well. Like, what the fuck? Who are you talking to here? I had a glance. And, um, but that's Alex. He's very funny. And he, um, he, he remember we once, I think the first time we really bonded was when he told me that when he worked at Sheffield Council, whatever it was, before he had a company car, they used to have higher cars. And he would always try and make sure that he got a Montego rather than a Sierra or a Cabernet because he just preferred it. And I think you'll find, Ricky P, the S-Series engine was actually more powerful. Like, <laughs> I like you. I like you a lot. Um, so well, you're well known for being a big f- history buff on BL and mm-hmm. knowing your stuff and essentially writing a lot of boring car stuff. Yeah. Which is what you left out of your list of things that you do, was oh, yeah, your boring car trivia. I forgot about that. I, forgot, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I always have this thing about where, where, when you're allowed to call yourself an author. I think it's it when sounds got... quite pretentious, but I have written like 25 books. 25? I think I am allowed to call <laughs> myself an author now. But it just sounds like, you know, you should have a smoking jacket. I didn't realise it was that many. Yeah, I did a list because I had to do it for something. So I actually sat down and did a list and, and it was, I was surprised how many Is this like when you go and do a list of the old cars that you've had and you go, oh shit, I actually had way more cars than I thought I'd had. Yeah, well, I know, I think I could rattle off my cars pretty quickly. I think right. you would. Tell you would struggle. I stopped at about 128 as well. <laughs> yeah, so well, it's well into 140. You know, I, I used to have a, a spreadsheet at, or, you know, a Microsoft Word list. It's gone. I don't know where it's gone. God. It's gone. Really yeah. The cars. You sold it by mistake. <laughs> yeah, my list in there. Can I have it back, please? I was really proud of my, my list, but I, I, it's all in my head now. I don't know. Wow. That's... That's a lot. Like, I've only ever owned one BMW and I owned it for 36 hours. Not because it was rubbish, but someone offered me double the money and I thought, Pollocks, I'll take it. Mm. And that was that. E30 518 Touring. No, 318 Touring. Oh, Touring? Yes. That's the only BMW I've ever owned. Wow. After seven, I've never owned a BMW. Oh, I've had the... four cars, so I'm not playing this game. I'm only one of them. How, how old? No, how old are you? 30. And you've owned four cars? Yeah. 
I've had that Toyota for seven years. Oh, do you? That's amazing. I've put over 100,000 miles on it. Oh. Maybe because I can't afford anything else. Yeah, but that's a cool car. Yeah. It does all right. And then we bought the Renault 5 2021. Yeah, I like the Renault 5. And that is yeah. perpetually broken. Is it? It has been off the road for six... We parked it up at Christmas, drove it onto the drive. I can't wait to get this out over the holidays. No had opportunity to get it out. And then it hasn't started again since. And it's in the friend's workshop. There's now. not that many parts to it, though. No, but they've all broken it. Different parts. <laughs> <laughs> I remembered. Because yours is... Is, I, is it a bit... From memory, yours is a little bit faded. I paid five hundred pounds. Well, not criticizing yeah. it. Just no, it no, no, reminds the, me of the fact that I knew a girl at university who was come from quite a rich family, and her parents bought her while those Renault fives. Remember, we were on the run out. They were still making in the nineties. The yeah. campus was yeah. sort of. I think that's the, what's the clear come on. That's sort of the only model you could get. They bought one of those. And quite soon after she got it, uh, she cleaned it with a Brillo pad. Oh, oh fuck. Tell oh, my fairy liquid. Yeah. Oh, and it no. looked like yours, but it was like a six-month-old car. <laughs> and they just, they just stayed like that for, for the rest of the time she had a it. A Brillo pad? Yeah, it was so screwed. Mine now has a perfectly... So I had a Tacona logo on one of the doors, that big diamond one, mm. the reminiscent of the Jaguar logo. And then I was like, I want to change that, put a new logo on. So I, I'm always changing how things look. Yeah. And what I didn't do was get a heat gun and glue remover. I went, I'll just peel that off. It's just a bit of vinyl. And now the, the lacquer came with it. Did it? But it? In the perfect shape of the letter A. Oh. So I have a perfect letter A of lacquer missing. Oh, like nice. it didn't splay out in any direction. Yeah, there were, yeah. A complete letter A came off with the lacquer. Nothing else did, just that one little bit. Did you ever see, years ago, there was a thing on... James Cameron is walking behind, not movie star. Uh-oh. James Cameron, Mission Uh-oh. Motorsport James Cameron. Uh-oh. Who I recorded with last week. Did you? Yes, so he'll be the guest before this. Oh, OK. <laughs> Good. Well, so he's got no right to reply. We can slack him off. Oh, absolutely. Go for not it. Not that we would, because Jim's a top man, but yeah. it's worth knowing. Um, yeah, there was a thing on... Doing a podcast. Sorry, mate. We're trying to record it. So sorry. You want the last one. Don't be greedy. <laughs> That's like a gym all over. Oh, it's like um, a bonus piece, piece, isn't it? Yeah, there was a guy on Piston Heads a long time ago, and I think it was a polo, like a. You remember the kind of bread van polo, but it was, mm. I think it was the coupe. Yeah, well, that's, I've had two, uh, two of that, three of those. Have you? Yeah. One that's BMW, but three polo bread vans. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, because I knew that they were cheap and they were really well made. Mm. The brakes were horrible. Terrible brakes. And a girlfriend of mine wanted a car, and I bought her one. Yeah, I've owned three. I've owned the Derby version as well. Oh, that's a bit. Which was awful, but right. I see. <laughs> There's another story about it, but I bought it at a car boot sale. I, didn't, I, wasn't even, <laughs> I, bought, I bought a car from a car boot sale because it was irresistible. You're like, I'll have the car boot, please. Yeah, the guy. I'll just take that whole Honestly, thing. It was the end of a car boot sale, and the guy went, the cars to sell as well. He says, literally, it's MOT, what you give me. You can have everything that's out in front of us. He said, I said, I'll take 20 quid for it. What? I said, I haven't got to any quid. I've been around the car boot sale all morning. He went, all right, 15. Not bought for 15 quid. Bloody hell. And I thought my 500 quid Renault was a steal. Well, I've bought cars for less than that. that all function, actually, for Wow, I do remember in good days, good days. early 2000s, I remember being in the pub with, with some mates and we'd noticed that those polos, those bread polos, were particularly sort of being thrown away almost because they are quite well made they're cockroachy they're cockroachy yeah they are so people go actually why would you scrap it let's just, let's just stick it in the local paper as people still used to do that yeah yeah. for 50 quid yep and so well, I do remember over a pint once going right let's all go and buy 50 quid bread bound polos and it's like <laughs> I think maybe I did work on Top Gear by then but if I had the makings of a Top Gear challenge without us realising it we never did it because yeah. actually it turns out they're hard to find you've got to be really patient yeah. to find a 50 quid one the 250 quid. But that was when polos, we are deviating that's from okay. your questions. That's <laughs> when, that's it. The Mark II Polo had something about it that differentiated it from the Golf and the other VW. Yeah. Now nobody cares about polos. It's just that they're cheaper than Golf, so they're cheaper to... Ah, Skoda Rapid is based on a polo. And that's like the, the in- more interesting bit is that it's almost a polo estate without them making a polo yeah. estate. Yeah. Stress. Actually, the latest polo I drove not that long ago and it's really nice. And in many ways, it's nicer than the latest Golf because they've got latest Golfs. They've polo. stopped caring about the Golf, though. The only thing is they have still put some of those touch-sensitive buttons onto the polo. Oh, no. To control the Peter. And they're down low. 
entrust a cup holder. And if you've got a rubbery case on your phone and you leave it standing up against the heater controls, it just operates them. What? <laughs> yeah, it's really annoying. So like, why is it so warm in here? So it is actually a bit annoying in places polo, but not as annoying as the new Golf, which is very annoying. Is it all touchscreen? Because it's on the steering wheel and everything, now, yeah. isn't it? Well, they have to get rid of those. Well, I can't remember the Golf probably will get buttons back. Is this part of the roof is on fire scenario? Yeah, the roof is on fire because everything's fucking touch sensitive. <laughs> I recorded an episode in the, it wasn't the ID Buzz, but it was the new Multivan. Multivan. Ah. Oh, what is quite a lovely what place. What a lovely, actually. It was with Matt Pryor of yes. various different magazines, yeah, including yeah. like Autocar, etc. Yeah. And he had one and we, he was like, should we just record it here? I was like, Perfect. Turned all the chairs around and a nice little table in the middle. The T7 Multivans are wonderful. You could use one of those for your podcast on tour idea if that ever comes to fruition. I thought that's a really good idea, isn't it, Volkswagen? Yes, that's right. It's like Volkswagen going to listen to this one and not your one. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that I'm... I might be on Volkswagen's share list because I, one of my jobs is occasionally reviewing cars for Sunday Times. So I think I've given... Fair well, journalistic did the you reviewed? I did the... Yes. Was it? But it, that's the thing. Nobody remembers the ID5 because it's so boring and pointless. Fuck me, I, can't, I actually genuinely can't remember. No, which washing machine have I reviewed? <laughs> it was just a disappointing and annoying car, and I said so. I don't think I didn't run that, but I also liked it. Also, the Golf R, what I drove, was that a couple of years ago? Did it get that's stolen while you had it, or did they wait till you Yeah, five times. Yeah. <laughs> but they, 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 but they drop you off for your destination. Oh, that's how it works. Yeah, yeah. So I've been in There's South Africa, turn off. You had a knife under your chin the whole time. They did take you to where you originally wanted. Either you can drive at a million miles an hour, or we'll just take you there. Like, okay, I'll just sit in the back and be quiet. Sorry. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I might be. I might be able to pull something shit this because I think every VW I've reviewed, except the new newest, or the facelifted Polo, which so it was quite nice. But the other ones, because that's that sensitive shit, just. So. One of the people that come into the... So for references to when and where we are at Vista for um, your live recording tonight, yeah. this will come out in a few weeks, so everyone will have forgotten about that by then. Well, because you'll be about three more recordings ahead. Um, one of the people that should hopefully be coming, his thing is polodriver.com. So he'll be very pleased to hear you being very kind about the new Polo. Now, obviously, Polo Driver, because I was going to say, I don't remember there being an actual... Well, was a golf driver, wasn't yeah. it? Um, which is like a sort of GTI-ish Which is a very stupid problem. name, because that's a golf club. Yes. So it's... Yes. Well, there's a golf driver. Yeah, that would make sense. But then, Lewis, driver. the thing is, the golf is a game before it was a car. <laughs> so we have to... We have to, <laughs> to play by that. Yeah, that, that. Unless it was America, where they called it the rabbit originally, because yeah. they didn't want to call it the golf. And actually, is the golf not named after the golf stream? German word golf street. Oh, it probably is because oh, Sirocco's right. a wind, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Sirocco's a wind. Um, They're all just named after really heavy forts. Yeah, it's just guffage. It's yeah. all guffage. All of it. <laughs> Corrado, <laughs> terrible guff. Sorry, I had some <laughs> curry prawns last night, so there's a bit of a golf street. A bit of Lambuna Corrado going on. Yeah. Um, we've made it lavatorial, which is no. our podcast, and we try not to. But that's okay. try to do it to York, but, uh, you know. Oh, Jim so, Cameron's back again. So, oh, no. Do run by Vs. <laughs> so television, I got into TV by complete accident. I had no intention of working in the TV at all. Um, I was, I'd got my foot in the door as a motoring journalist and I was working on Car Magazine at the time and um, mutual friend of, of ours Tom Ford who was on Car Magazine and I got really friendly with him we bonded really well we enjoyed odd cars and stuff and he was like the sort of David Bellamy of the car world and was very larger than life <laughs> well he had a huge beard and he was a big lad first time I met Tom or Wookie as he's yeah um, he, it was a, a party like an industry party and he'd been dancing oh my god I mean he's he's like Mr. Fitness now, isn't he? But yeah. then he was a big lad. He's a Corrado on the dance floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, he weighs about 1,200 kilos. And a, no, he's, a, he, you know, he's, a, yeah, he's an active man on the dance floor. Yes. And he was, and so it was when I started uh, Sniff Petrol, my website, but I did it anonymously. And a lot of people within the car media couldn't figure out who it was right but sort of suspected it was an insider because there were sort of hints of it and Mike Duff 
who is a car journalist who was at car magazine with yep. Wookie, yep. had worked it out somehow because he's a clever man and then told Wookie. Right. And the pair of them were a bit like, we fucking know something nobody else yeah, yeah. Thick as thieves about it. So like when you find out a teacher's first name. Oh, God. Yeah. You, know, you have to go and tell everyone. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think things have changed, actually. I'm pretty sure that they... They're, they're right on the bloody wall now, yeah, they? they come into a school, it's the headmaster's yeah. so-and-so, and, -so and yeah. you have to watch out for Jim. He's a little bit creepy, but he'll be all right. Like, they're just... Yeah, they're taking the fun out of it. Um, they tell you who the wrong ones are. Yeah, yeah. And stuff. I hadn't thought that. I wonder if... I'm going to ask my son if he knows his first name. If he doesn't, I do know it, so I can... Because <laughs> I only found it out quite recently because another teacher said, oh, I'll speak to Suzanne. And I was like, who's that? Oh, right, okay. Oh, yeah, they're people and they have first names. I, I forgot about that. They're yeah. not, they're teachers. That's different. <laughs> when you're a kid, Even as an adult, people. you don't want to call them like by their first name. Like, I could go into the school that I went to and I would not reference any of the teachers by their first name. No. It would always be Mrs. Smith or... No. I, so don't, so. I don't know any of my... I'm trying to think back to my old teachers and if I knew any of their first names. I don't. There's a friend of mine who, after we left school, he would then somehow, that has given him permission, where known, to use the teacher's first name, but only in conjunction with their surname. <laughs> so he would go, I saw Michael Scaife in the post office. Like, what? You mean Mr. Scaife? Don't call him Michael. What the fuck? <laughs> You're not his mate. What's going on? This is you two down the golf club together now. I do, I do remember my drama teacher's name because he introduced himself as Jed. Oh. Oh, because that's a good he, first name. Because he was keeping it all drama and... Jets are good. I he died, he dimmed the lights and everything. I remember. Yeah, I remember it well. <laughs> he crossed, left the last an impression. He crossed his legs in a certain way and he went, okay, I'm Jed. Did he, but he did it like, did he then drop a smoke box? So like, <laughs> did, he, did he throw a textbook out into the bin? Yeah. Lean on the desk. <laughs> I won't be needing he was, he was, he was, he was definitely different. He was trying to be different. Has he seen Dead Poets Society recently? I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember. Everybody stand on the desks. <laughs> Was I was thinking about this the other, the other day. That, you know how the, um, there's been a writer's strike in the US for a few weeks, months now. Uh, but now uh, the actors have come out yeah. as well. Uh, because I, I'm kind of interested in this. I, mean, I was always looking at this sort of footage of, of the picket lines and stuff like that. When it was all the writers, it was people with signs kind of going, oh, please, can we don't With all these introverts having to go out into sunlight and protest about stuff. Now the actors are on board. It's all like, we're striking! Yeah. Come on, everybody, let's do the shot right here. We're on strike. <laughs> it might get the strike solved because all the executives are going, for fuck's sake, they're outside the window. Have you seen the latest tactic they've done, though? No. The executives. So outside of the building, there's a big row of trees, right? Oh, I did see And this. it's currently the hottest temperatures ever recorded on the planet or whatever and what they've done is they've trimmed all the greenery off the trees so there's no shade yeah. so all of the people striking now just have to stand in the 40 degree sun or whatever it is really yeah. but then I, the weirdest i saw a tree surgeon on tiktok talking about it <laughs> yeah this is really bad for the trees so after yeah. this whole debacle is over the trees are now absolutely ruined yeah well because they because they've killed. just they trim them at the wrong time of year. Yeah, and trim them when it's the hottest time of the year. So the leaves also provide shade for the trees. I think that's what yeah. it, it helps. See, that's, that's PR yeah. gone wrong. Then, and then. Well, it's, I, I, the story I read about this was also they're investigating it because the trees are the property of LA City. Not the... Not the studios. Uh, who cut them? Either is, is the city in the pocket of the studios or did the studios do it, in which case they were exposed to its lot of layout. So this is, this is great. Either way, it's murky. This it's is hard. a really, like, big thing for something such a a weird act to have happened <laughs> everyone's got a really invested story yeah. in these bloody trees <laughs> well I love I love trees oh me too I love oh, trees fucking eight trees <laughs> big woody bastards <laughs> well people have bought my house on CA trees because they got rid of the big bastards oh no, that's a shame I'm not, I'm not bitch about it god did you see that house the other day it was also some broad questions. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there yeah we saw <laughs> it. oh yeah I saw that house yeah there was a house for sale I forget where and it had been completely... Someone then found that before... This is the... Yes, I did. This is a bungalow. Yes. On a corner. I've got a feeling... Yes. Cowland might have shared. It looked like a piece of grey cake. It was terrific. Yeah. And then someone was like, obviously they've got a white evoke convertible on the drive. Was it a convertible? It might have been the convertible, which is the worst... Other than the T-Rock convertible, which is basically the same thing. The worst car in the world. 
It was bleak, and all I could think was on a hot day how oppressive that is. And then someone else pointed out also the water runoff is just going to be. Oh, bless Did you see the before photo? Yeah. And it was Lovely nice. garden, yeah. Yeah, really nice. Someone's grandma lived there before, and then yeah. someone's bought it to sell it on, and they're like, to make it low maintenance, it'll be easy. But it's low maintenance, and there's just like it prison. It looked like a prison, yeah. yeah. It was all. So, it's basically Soviet front lawn. Yes. Isn't it? <laughs> the only redeeming factor is that someone went, yeah, well, you can get like eight cars on there now. So you could ruin the neighborhood with just crap. Cars, if you want to see, I am all six. for that, but you just go old school and just a little bit of gravel, yeah. Here and there. Not the whole thing, because mm. I'm not, I'm not a monster, yeah. Mm. Got to keep some bushes, and yeah, I like bees as well. I'm conflicting, I like cars, I like bees. You can like both of those things, yeah. But some people just don't park your car in a beehive and then rev it up. Yeah. And no, I don't do, I don't, yeah, I, don't I just do that. deliberately run over a bee. I don't do that. No. <laughs> well, you don't so know. there's a bee there, <laughs> I'll get the bastard. He was, he's going on oh, I took a bee to work. Um, oh, you did, didn't you? Yeah, I told you about that, <laughs> didn't I? You did a bee rescue. I did a bee rescue, but I was already running late for work. So I found a bee that, uh, it was black hole. run out of energy. Yeah, yeah. it run out of energy. And it, it had to <laughs> land early. <laughs> Whatever. They're very like drones in that respect, aren't they? And you didn't have a spoon of honey with you. Well, so. I, I, I did. I was, at, I was at home and I swung out the kitchen window and I thought, oh, I'll bring it in, put it in a little tiny Tupperware tub. I thought... Put a bit of honey in, and I saw it's proboscis immediately going into the honey. And then I was like, shit, I've got to get to work. <laughs> so I quickly put the top on this little thing, put it on the back seat of my beetle, and drove to work. And then when I got to work, I've been concentrating on just driving, got to work, and this bee was like, come on, come on. It had loads <laughs> of energy. strapped it in a plastic box. <laughs> and it had loads of energy in a tight space and gone, fuck it, take you all on. I took the top off this thing and it absolutely just nailed it around the office for ages. Then I quickly opened all the windows and doors. How far away is your work from your home? Only about, let's say, 15 minutes drive. Well, how far in bee terms is that? <laughs> oh, that bee's got to go back to the same hive it left from. Yeah, actually, I'm thought. Oh, well, shit. Are they that? Bumblers are bumblers. Will they go to other hives? Is there like an interconnected network and they go, oh, there's a services on that one. Or just, yeah. Yeah. They've got lit. Listen. No, but wait. Bees can communicate, can't they? They dance, yeah, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah there's a whole episode of Futurama about. I've been... Yeah. <laughs> Space bees. I've, Space bees. So, okay, no, I'm, this guy saved me. I've had to travel, uh, I was ill, I was weak, I got taken in. He gave me loads of trucks, it was amazing. <laughs> and put it in like a good then put me in a box. Money. Then I went in this car, I think it's a car, we don't know what the name is. It was a beetle. A car. <laughs> and then a beetle. And then he let me up. So he was, yeah, he was he was all fired up. He, Maybe it's the new star he was looking for. It could have been. New life, he relocated that. It could have been down on his luck, down on life, mm. and gone, I don't really like my hive. My wife's not all that. He could have had. I don't have any kids yet. Yes, with the bee mafia. So you've just saved him from having his legs cut off. He could have been lonely shy. He was so because he's been beaten. He's been beaten up by, by lone bees. Like lone bees. No, they're called lone wasps. Lone wasps. Yeah, the wasps would be the horrible bastards, yeah. wouldn't they? We once gave a snail effectively the experience of light speed travel because we didn't find out until half an hour into a journey he was stuck on our bonnet. Oh, a snail on a the bonnet. A snail on the bonnet. And I was like, that guy's... Ha-, and it was at night time as well. So I was like, that guy's having a oh my God. Star Wars light speed experience <laughs> as we're doing 60 down some back lanes. That's horrible for a snail in a way because like their little snail brains probably can't process that. I imagine they you couldn't see much at that Because they're so muscular, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. It's just a little muscle with a shot. He shone a torch underneath a snail. Amazing to see. No. Or, or a slug. Similar, similar model. Uh, Same chassis. <laughs> just different. <laughs> yeah. like, Basically, just different. Like a snail is a Luton bodied. Yeah, snail. they are. <laughs> <laughs> just a more practical <laughs> snail. <laughs> it is, though, isn't it? It's just a Luton bodied slug. Well, there is that joke. Is there, there's a joke, and I can't remember how it exactly goes, but the punchline is something along the lines of, you know, the. the, the the snail calls the slug a flash bastard in the convertible. <laughs> Go really? Yeah. Yeah. There's also that joke about a snail getting mugged and went so by another snail when he goes to the police. They say, what happened? He goes, I don't know. It all happened so quickly. Oh, God. Uh, sorry, I'll stop now. Especially as we don't know the actual No, I know. It's a reverse engineering joke at home. So how did you end up in front of the camera then? To try and I can't see the laptop either, so I don't actually know how far through we are. I'm just uh, keeping track of time. I got I got I got into TV because I met I was at the Geneva Motor Show 
doing journalism stuff for, for magazines. And um, I bumped into Tom Ford, who was there reporting on it with Fifth Gear. Yeah. He'd got a job with Fifth Gear as like an occasional presenter, not every episode from memory. And then he was with James Woodruff, the chap that you mm. uh, used to know uh, or know, who was the exec producer of Fifth Gear. I didn't even know who he was. And I just got introduced to him, said hi, we had a little chit chat, and then we just carried on on our way, searching for free coffee and croissant, as you do at the motor show. And um, Wookie contacted me, well, a few days later, he messaged, messaged me and he said, Oh, um, that I was, James really liked you. He thought you were quite funny. Yeah, is he on a date? Or where's this girl here? So you have for dinner. Yeah, I, was <laughs> I wasn't even wearing my finest chenille jumper at the time. <laughs> and, uh, and so what, what that led to effectively was um, James getting in contact because uh, Wookie's saying, they're looking for like new presenters. Uh, you should you should apply. And I said, well, I don't, I don't know. What does it involve? I mean, I don't get me wrong, I enjoyed I've watching, never seen a TV before in my yeah, life. I really, really enjoyed watching car TV and had done for years. Always used to watch old Top Gear, like, you know, religiously. And, um, yeah, and it led to me having, you know, agreeing to have lunch with James. Mm. Well, he got there in the end of the movie. Join me for lunch. Let's have a chat about stuff. And that, that was an impromptu screen test, which I you know, got thrown into. Um, We're just going to bring the cameras with us. It was. Yeah, about it was, was. Yeah. I remember, I, he said, meet me in this car park, which is the crushed car car park in Birmingham. In crushed Deepwater. car park? Yeah. They, this they, is getting sketchy, by the way. It's made of crushed cars all around the edge of the car park. It's crushed cars. It's like very hard. No, no. Oh, it's for me. It's Digbeth. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, because I could identify most of the cars. <laughs> with a, wait, the reservation was 20 minutes yeah. ago. You just got to stop looking at it. Yeah, like, yeah but this one's got this spectrum. <laughs> Do you know, actually, just think about it, I don't actually think we ever had lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I think I still owes me a lunch. Stood in a car, but lunch in the media, I think it's stopped now, But because I, I remember once I did some work for an ad agency and then I was going to do some more work and then they, I mean, frankly, they fucked me over a bit. Just <laughs> This guy was, I felt a little bit, not dishonest, but... He just wasn't totally upfront about some stuff and it yeah. kind of screwed me over a little bit. And I made my displeasure known to him on the phone. He was a proper old school ad man and he kind of taught me around because he was good at that. He's like, look, I must apologise again. I'm so sorry. Look, do you know what? I think the best thing to clear the air is if we just go for lunch. And I was like, this is he, his solution to every class. Let's just go, go for, for lunch. lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had three lunches a day. Power yes. <laughs> <laughs> he was 19 state. Um, yeah, so that was, you got your job off yep. not having lunch with James Woodruff. Yes. Yeah, so he, so I phoned him when I got to the car park because I wasn't sure which building they were based in. Mm. And he said, don't worry, I'll come out and meet you. So he came out and met me with a massive camera <laughs> um, and a microphone and he just said, oh, before we go, uh, the car you've turned up in, just talk about it for 15 minutes. Go. <laughs> 15 and, minutes as well yeah so I just I just got out of the car shut the door locked it and I was like oh luckily I remember now because I blagged it um, it was one of the long term test cars we had on Car Magazine and it was the Mark 5 Golf GTI it's mm, a nice and it was, it was, it, was it still is one of my probably my favourite Golf GTI so I was really into it I'd mm. really gelled with it and I'd written about it not that long ago so thank goodness I knew something about that car and I could wax lyrical about it and then I kept looking at the um, crushed cars in this car park because I'd never been to this car park before and because I'm a bit of a butterfly like he'll know I get so easily distracted mid I mean this this podcast has not been evidence of that at all yeah right. <laughs> so in the middle of talking about this golf I noticed that one of the crushed cars I think was also a golf because it had a, there was a steel Volkswagen wheel that I recognised. I was like, I reckon that, I reckon that was a Mark Golf at some point. And because I was flitting around and just, I, I, he took that away. And a couple of months later, I had nothing for several months. And in that time, I got made redundant. Oh, so it was a proper like one door shut and another door opened about four weeks later. He's probably called up where you were working. <laughs> right? Just get rid of Johnny, so we can no, steal him. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, yeah, and I got made. Yeah, you got made. paid way more if you still had your job. They they got in because they knew you'd lost <laughs> yes. your job. Yeah, he's desperate. <laughs> Desperation yeah. is our friend. <laughs> yeah, magazines were my life. You know, up until that point, I was really into them as an enthusiast, and I was really into work, working on them. And so yeah, and then that was it. I, I became freelance over a, over a four week period. Made redundant, became freelance, got a job on the on, on fifth gear, 
and Channel Five said, "You, if you don't muck it up, you can work on every episode." And so that was that was that was two thousand and six. That's fair. Like, yeah. it's it's a weird one for me because this is my childhood. You two are responsible for some of my favourite things I've ever watched. Bloody hell, really? Yeah, because I grew up as a car enthusiast in the middle of the countryside with nothing to do but watch car shows or go and drive stuff around fields. Where did you grow up? Like the Derbyshire countryside. Oh, the peaks. Not quite the peaks, but a little bit... Near away. The Yeah, but close enough that the industrial revolution spoke yeah <laughs> so, let's narrow this down hang on so could you see the heights of Abraham from where you lived <laughs> they weren't that far away did you go to the Blue John Mines a lot no but we did go to Matlock all the time oh, Matlock, Matlock was like 25 minutes away okay you know where the Great British car journey is yeah uh, yes that is around the corner from where I grew up like in literal terms like I can probably get there on a bike in 10 minutes Okay. Just going through some fields. That's a good metric. Oh, through some fields, okay. Yeah, there, there's a lot of like green. As the crow would fly, or as yeah. the pissed guy on a bicycle yeah. would ride. I could get there by hand glider in seven <laughs> yeah. minutes. That's something that used to. Well, there's a lot of hills. You could probably give it a go. Oh uh, yeah, there is. It's very. I like, love it. It's beautiful. Yeah. So well. where where I grew up, there's a canal at the bottom of the the hill. The other side of the hill, uh, bef- the other side of the canal is a railway line for a steam train museum. Mm. Sweet. The other side of the hill is an equestrian centre. Mm-hmm. And then you had like our fields that like connected to all of this. And then just down the road is where they built the Great British Car Journey. Yeah. In, I think it's in Butterley, which is where the steel mills there built the roof beams for St Pancras. What? Yeah. Well, they're all in that little area. So the Industrial Revolution happened at like Matlock, mm. which is that same canal connects to where I grew up. Mm. I love that part of the world. It's a really lovely part of the world. It's yeah. just that the, my aforementioned troublesome dad lives there, so I don't really go back very often. <laughs> so this is a great part of the country, but I might bump into someone I don't really want to see, so I just leave it alone for the time being. Yeah. That you can still smoke indoors in Japan, I think, can't you? He could go there. He could go there. And, and then it'd be like... Uh, I can in Russia, but that might be an issue. Problematic. Yeah. But he'd be like Tokyo Drift because he'd be like the dad that lives in Japan that oh, smokes yeah. and that. And I could just go and put an RB26 in a Mustang for <laughs> yeah. some reason. He, <laughs> he ends up being inadvertently part of the remake of Tokyo Drift yeah. by just being a smoking old a, jack <laughs> in the back. This white guy in Tokyo. And like, Midnight club. Yeah, you could get involved. Your acting range does include smoking. It does, yeah. Okay. Funny enough, it's comprised mainly of smoking. Yeah. And I know a bit about cars. Perfect. In Tokyo yeah, Drift, yeah, you yeah. go. We're going to get some American guy to come over and pretend he's your son. <laughs> Tokyo Drift with like some old British car that could, <laughs> sort of isn't quite set up to well, drift. Well, Matlock Drift would be that. Yeah. Oh, that's been on The that. midnight Matlock Drift. Yeah. yeah, but Matlock's not that... The Matlock itself is just full of parked cars and motorbikes. Yes, yeah, so it makes we it great. Make the way to the film. Yeah. Every time I go there, it's just full of motorcycles. That's all it is. And yeah. that gets less hate than anything car-related. You could have 8,000 motorcycles in Matlock you turn up in 10 cars and they hate you. Huh. Wow. The locals... So they're car racists is what They just don't like cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're all just leather enthusiasts. That's what There's a lot of waistcoats in there. Because bikes are often noisy, are they? Because yeah. most people change the cans on their bikes. Yeah. So it's not like... The cars are surely the quieter option. Yeah. I just... I don't think bikers like car... Like, in all fairness, it's probably because they can't go around corners as fast. So they get embarrassed by cars quite a lot around there, mm. which was certainly the case when I was growing up because I would outrun bikers in my 1985 Mini just because yeah. it could take a corner and I could just keep... I'm 19, I'm just going to keep my foot down everywhere and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they enjoy that aspect of motorbike ownership. No, probably not. Because they like to be able to cut through traffic and overtake everyone. Mm. And if you can keep up with them, I think it... it Somewhat bruises the. Ego. I'm a big fan of driving a car to near a bike event uh, with a trailer on the back. Take my bike off the trailer. <laughs> Get my leathers on. Yes, I do. It just part of the car. It's so basically park and ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then you get the bike up and you ride the bike. And by the time you've got to the bike gathering, it's just got up to working temperature. It's only just, and then you shut it on. There are a few things funnier to me than watching someone on a bike who doesn't. I mean, not even get their knee down, but just tries to keep it as upright as possible. <laughs> but they still go around the corner. I used to have <laughs> yes. all the way to the side. Yeah, yeah. The, I don't want any. Sp- Scrubbing on these tyres. Half the bike and to the side. <laughs> I used to have an almost daily, I'm not going to call it a battle because it was not a fair fight in any way, but a, a daily occurrence with 
a particular motorcyclist with you know those like touring bikes that've got the big boxes on them and you yeah. sit very upright yeah, yeah. adventure bike yeah that kind of thing yeah. so my commute when we lived in Essex was all country lanes and I would do it in the Renault as much as possible because mm. I love that little car and it's very cheap and it's very reasonably economical I bet given, it is. given the state not so much when you're at full chat around country lanes but by the bike <laughs> this motorcyclist in particular would do 40 everywhere through the villages and on the national speed limit roads oh. but the national speed limit roads weren't like the back lanes in Derbyshire they were two lane like a lane each side 40 everywhere every corner every bit of straight just 40 so what I'd have to do is kind of if I saw him I'd have to just hope he hadn't spotted me yet and then wait for a section of road that I know I can get up to speed and there's an overtaking zone because then I can kind of go three corners back I can start my attack by the time I'm doing 60 I'm coming round the corner where the overtaking zone is so that I don't have to slow down to pass that because if he sees me coming he's just going to speed up and I'm never going to get past him this happened every day if you had the same commute time so every day I'd have to hope that I saw him far enough back that he hadn't spotted me and then plan three corners in advance to get an overtaking otherwise he'd just pull away and then I'm stuck behind him that's like Mr Bean and the 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 Reliant yeah Yeah. yeah. he was my daily nemesis the nemesis (laughs) and then I somehow got another nemesis but when I was in the Toyota and not in the Renault and it was this van driver that wanted to do 60 everywhere, including the 30 zones. Oh, what a stroke. But we were going through these zones at like half seven, so school run traffic was kind of starting, and there were people on the pavements. Yeah. So he would aggressively try and overtake everywhere, and it would really aggravate me. So as soon as we got to a 60 road, I'd just stay in front of him and then slow him down to about 30 for a little bit, just to kind of go, right, we're going to average you out at 30 like you should have been doing. And then as soon as he would pull out, I'd just put my foot down and leave again. Oh, man. He would well, hurt. I bet he hated Oh, I absolutely hated me. And the thing, of jewel. Yeah. The thing I've always forgot in that moment is my car is covered in branding. If you wanted to figure out who I am, it's not very hard. I've had a couple of emails from people in the past where they're like, you, you passed me on the left. I'm like, was I doing 70 in lane one and you were doing 65 in lane really? three? People have tra- I've had emails. I had an email on my way back from an airport after we'd come back off holiday and we were in an average 50 zone and I just set the cruise control to 50 and stayed in lane one. And this old lady was like, you came past me in lane one. I was like, mm-hmm. well, we're in an average zone, so I'm not going very quickly. Like and I'm in lane one. You want to house my driving sticker on the back. Oh, yeah, wait. I've got the full website on the back, so oh, it's, quite, it's quite easy to yeah. figure out who it is. But nobody ever assumes it's me driving. It's always someone was driving in one of your oh, cars. Okay. Could you just make up an employee? Oh, they think you've yeah. got a fleet of them. Yeah, yeah. So I always go, oh, have you got any dash cam footage so that I can investigate this further, please? <laughs> and nobody ever's got dash cam footage. That's amazing. Probably it's a loads of inconvenience. Yeah. Can you remember the registration? Can we show the, send them a series of pictures of different <laughs> Which one is it? Yeah. Just use like Photoshop AI yeah, exactly. and change the size of your, your logo onto like Knight Riders. It's a kit. <laughs> was it a this? Ferrari, the Lamborghini, yeah. the McLaren? <laughs> was it this? Hispano Suiza? Uh, I don't think so. Well, I thought the perils of driving a branded car. That's it. it. The flip side is it makes you quite aware and observant of what you're doing because you're yeah. very easily recognised. So if you act like a bellend, yeah. everybody around you knows how to find you and call you a bellend to your face. Yeah, that's true. And with everybody on their phones and on video nowadays, if you drive like a knob and you've got something that's easily spottable, they're just going to film you going past. They'll take yeah. it and then you're all over the internet. Yeah. Uh, this is, I was gonna, something I was going to bring up with you, though, which I thought was really cool. It's sort of the whole point of you doing this we had kind of second-hand experiences when we did a live show for our podcast in bristol and we found out afterwards a guy came to that he was in the bar beforehand on his own you know a bit like shutting up with mel's tool too and he saw someone wearing one of your one of mine one of your t-shirts one of yours no one of yours one of yours and he was like well the whole point of that is talking i'll go and just talk to this guy so he went and talked to this guy and they struck up a conversation oh and then he God, that's amazing yeah. that's really cool yeah. that's the exact reason this hack exists yeah. well there you go it works that's fantastic yeah, yeah. Well, I've said it happened to me nice but it's it's rare that these stories get back so for you guys to have found out about it as well yeah, yeah we I can't remember how we found out I saw a guy wearing one in a local garden centre to me and I was going to talk to him but unfortunately <laughs> my phone went almost as soon as I saw him oh my phone's ringing sorry I sort of subtly followed him for a while with his family and then I thought this is odd now my car has just driven past oh. which I, I know I gave Craig the keys to 
However, doing he's driving towards the test track at Bista <laughs> at speed. And the, one of the reasons I know Craig, not only because he's local to me and we're, we're kind of pals, he used to do a lot of racing. Oh. So he might be about to go and... Just going to warm your clutch up. Drive my car quite quickly. going to start smearing it in the car park. If we see donuts and smoke, we might have to stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> so Craig, I hope, I know he listens... Whatever you're about to do isn't too dangerous and gets us kicked out of Bista because really you're well, in a car covered in branching. Actually, no, he's manoeuvring it into a designated spot. Oh, is he being Well, caught? someone's got a high vis on waving it. Okay. Right. And so really aggressively. I've been kicked out of parking out the front. It's, it's all good. And we're obviously being re, re-perked yeah, with your, your guests. Um, Don't you worry. That's okay. What time are we on? Are we about an hour? Like an hour or 58 minutes. That's a reasonable time for a podcast for for these. It's quite short for one of mine normally, but you guys have got a thing on this evening that's probably quite important. Don't even know what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Your audience arriving. It's only five o'clock. I thought they kicked off at like seven. 6.30. This is what happens with our people. And this is why we nearly always miss dinner before going on. Yeah. Because we run it because people think... That we're ready to chat now we haven't we haven't even got dressed or eaten uh, that's fair we're getting the hand well the song did a kind of at the door what are you two up to you're supposed to be yeah. recording out here get yeah. out what are you just being tarts and talking to you that is perfectly acceptable well yes an hour is a good time i, I wanted to say about that guy at brisket because i just thought that's a fantastic, fantastic example of what you're trying to do and and also just to say that i think what we're trying to do is fantastic oh, i appreciate that and it really does mean a lot, and it, it means even more that that thing is happening outside of me being the only person to talk to anyone wearing one of my T-shirts. Like, it's nice that the concept does actually reach out past yeah. me bumbling around. Going, no, we should talk more. Like, it actually happens. I, know, I, yeah. I think it, because it strikes me that, uh, you know, the car world is... The word community gets overused, but it is a community, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone has... Even if you're not, you know, some people, someone's into our cool BW, someone else is into, you know, JDM spec, drifter machines or whatever. But but we're all fundamentally interested in, in cars, cars yeah. and there's a sort of nice overlap a lot of time. It's quite a universal leveller, isn't it? Yeah. You don't connect over the money in the bank or what shirt you wear or anything like that. It's all about, oh, we both like cars from the guy that let me drive his 959. I still can't believe that. The guy let you drive his 959? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you weren't here. Really. It was just out there, actually. Whoa. Yeah, we, I That's... came here to look at the Revs Restore Land Rover. It was like, first time it was on site, so we're coming to check it out and come up with a plan of what we're going to do. And as we were walking around, there's a 959 sat idling outside the, the hangar. It'd just been recording with some people for a thing. And uh, it might have been Top Gear, actually. And we went over, as you do, being nosy, because it's a 959. And the guy went, well, she's warmed up if you want to go for a run. And I was like, well, I went, yeah, just give her a quick lap around the car park if you want. And let, there was three of us. He let all three of us have a go. What a hero. Yeah, so I've got a video of it and everything. It's fantastic. That's amazing. The you guy's really lovely. Eh? No, me neither. I don't even say more than I think. I mean, we stood next to two of them last week in Goodwood, and that felt pretty good. They're so cool, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, you sit in it, and it's like, oh, this is just like sitting in a 911. Yeah. And then you press a button, and it goes, and lifts up and goes, and you're like, oh, this is a bit more special. I think, yeah. I'd love to. It's so Because having driven 80s 911s, I'd love to know how it feels compared to one of those. Yeah. I remember at the time they were sort of criticised for being a bit, almost a bit too good, you know, a bit sterile compared to the two FCTO yeah. and the F40. But I bet now they've... Different approach. Brilliant. Yes. Well, I was chatting to someone who has properly driven one. He went, well, what did you think of the lift off over the, when the boost comes out? I was like, mm, we've had a different experience of a 959. And he's had, I've driven a 959 properly and I've had, I drove around a car park because someone was very nice and let me have a go. Well, it's more than we've done, so, you know. Yeah. So, and it is a very, very cool car. Yeah. Well, on that win, let's wrap up before you <laughs> out, outgun me. Um, but no, thank you so much for both sitting down and having thank a chat. It's, it's a nice difference to the podcast as well, which is fun. Um, and the, I get to return and sit and listen to you two chat for a, a you don't bit. Have to. You could I could just leave. I've bought a ticket. It's not like yeah. I was just being yeah, like. You could have asked us to read a comp. You know, as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd rather. You did send us a t shirt. Were you so. You, you We're going to do a t shirt swap. We're going to yeah. do a t shirt swap. So I left a t shirt for you 
at Caffeine Machine when we were both there the same day and I didn't actually get a chance to really give it to you. Oh. And I don't think it got to you because I left it with... Um, Did somebody steal it? <laughs> I think what I'd done is I'd put three in the same box. So one for John, one for Amy and one for yourself. Uh, and I think the box just got taken. Oh, okay. As a, oh, there's a T-shirt in here, I'll take it. And then I sent one to you ages and ages ago yeah. and then you're like I'll give it Johnny because it'll fit because it's it was very small. very <laughs> slim fit slim to the point of like you know you'd have to be a professional yeah. Tour de France rider oh god kind of this was like four years ago yeah I have actually lost weight since then but I don't tell I, I said to you before it's like it's almost one of my fitness goals like it's just a fitness that's that's that I really <laughs> lost weight because it is very slender but I thought you might be able to get into it I, I, I don't know mate I well it's the yeah you know. I would like to see a photo of one of you wearing you it just just because you, you are you're full of youth and vigour but when you get to your 40s it's all just stuff <laughs> my other half has said that she's worried about my cholesterol recently oh, really? which has now put me on a real kind of hey edge. I heard about this guy who uh, saw that I started smoking actually so. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. so they're stressed sticks and yes <laughs> is it, is it smoking or is it just eating copious amounts of cheese that's good for your cholesterol cheese is great just get a block of cheese yeah, just just for it. Like slim, sti- slim sticks stressy slim sticks stressy slim sticks I'm going to do a Marlborough style t-shirt the natural way to relieve stress if you ever do a Marlborough inspired livery it'll just be Marlborough stressy stressy slim sticks get slimmer de-stress perfect have this there we go that could be the tagline for the uh, the downside of this the back is all full just loads of full pages all print but no thank you so much for both coming out it's an absolute pleasure genuinely appreciate it I'm going to have to let you click pause because it's on your laptop not mine for one yeah, this is where I keep talking and won't let Richard press yeah it's just going to be a hard cut an anecdote that involves <laughs> <laughs> like crossing nine consonants please stop there is a show that does that they just get midway through a sentence and it just stops and I can't remember what this show is well we could make it this show because I'm going to come to say something 